Hello and welcome back to No Shade. You are listening to our first bonus episode. So in addition to our monthly doses of shade, we have decided to introduce bonus episode where we talk to you about something topical that's going on in the moment. Sarah and Lola will not be joining us for this episode, so you'll have to wait for your first bonus episode from them. So you are listening to Grace. And this week, I want to talk to you about the referendum taking place in Ireland on Friday. So in two days' time, on the 25th of May, there is an extremely important referendum taking place in Ireland to decide whether or not to repeal the Eighth Amendment. The Eighth Amendment in the Constitution currently essentially criminalises abortion, and the country is deciding whether or not to repeal that amendment and allow for abortion to be legalised is of course an extremely important issue and we will be joined this week by Sinead Plunkett who is from Ireland and she's going to talk to us a little bit about the constitution, the eighth amendment in the constitution, the referendum and the campaign. So enjoy. Sinead I just wanted to chat to you a little bit about the referendum on Friday because obviously you're a legit Irish person unlike me who's pretending to be an Irish, pretended for a year and a half, and just to have an idea of what you think about it. So for the sake of our listeners, can you explain to me what, in a nutshell, the referendum on Friday is about? Yeah, so officially in 1983, the Irish people voted in a referendum to insert an amendment into the constitution, which essentially made the life of the unborn baby equal to the life of the mother. So since then, um, well, that amendment has been there and abortion has been illegal in Ireland. There was another, I think, two referendums held in the 1990s, which amended that amendment to allow women the right to information about abortion and the right to travel abroad to procure abortions. Um, and since then, that has basically impacted on every aspect of maternity or maternal health care in Ireland. Um, this year, well, as you said, on Friday, we're voting on whether to remove that amendment from the Constitution or not. Um, if it is removed, it will be replaced with a clause stating that the Oireachtas, that's our um, government, our parliament, will be allowed to legislate for the provision of abortion or determination of pregnancy in Ireland. So if that Constitution is amended and the Oireachtas are allowed to legislate, does that mean by default they will allow for termination after 12 weeks and past 12 weeks if there's fatal fetal abnormality? Is it guaranteed? No, because the proposed legislation is that there would be, they've, la- they've laid out 21 clauses that would guide the, the implementation of legislation. So the proposals are that abortion would be allowed up to 12 weeks in all circumstances and Pre- and after that, it would only be allowed in extreme cases like fatal fetal abnormality or if there's an extreme risk to the life or health of the mother. Um, but it's not a done deal in the sense that um, our politicians are quite, in, in most cases, a lot more conservative than the electorate. So there is, a, well, not a significant chance, but definitely a possibility that they would reject the legislation or that they could try and push for it to be more restrictive than is envisaged at the moment. So in a way, this referendum is a bit like the first hurdle to legalising abortion in Ireland. Yeah, and I mean, even in itself, I mean, I'm personally not convinced that it's going to pass. 
Um, there are a lot of people who are voting no or people who think that the 12 weeks unrestricted goes in their, as in their view, that it goes too far. So even the fact that there, I don't, I'm not even sure that the referendum will pass. And then if it does pass, then you have this, you have the other hurdle of will it get past the Oireachtas, which is not a done deal either. Okay. And how will you be voting? I'm going to vote yes, which means that I, that I want to repeal or to get rid of the, the Eighth Amendment. And this might seem like a pretty obvious question for a young feminist woman, but why will you be voting that way? Um, just for a lot of reasons. Um, I did travel to Liverpool a couple of years ago with a friend who was, I wasn't, it wasn't for an abortion myself, but it was with a friend who was traveling for one. Um, and I think that situation kind of, I, I'm not sure if I'd ever have an abortion myself, but I don't think after that, I don't think you can judge anyone else's situation or the, decisions that they make for themselves and that's why i'm voting yes and it's it's a really contentious issue in ireland isn't it yeah why do you why do you think it's such a contentious issue i don't i really don't know because i know people abroad have this vision of this image of ireland as like a very kind of conservative catholic country but i really don't think that's true anymore it's definitely true within some sections of the population but i don't think we're hugely religious we're probably more religious than the european norm but not not as much that would um, translate to this kind of huge opposition to abortion. Um, I don't know. The, <laughs> there's a theory that we have. We always like we always there was a tradition of having very large families, and the babies were always seen as like this gift or this kind of you know like a good thing. So I think maybe that has an impact too. But I really don't know. I don't understand it. So in a way, it could be, you're saying it could be less connected to people's deep religiosity and more it's a traditional cultural um, perspective. That's interesting, actually, because, yeah, you're right. Like, obviously, I've not um, I've not lived in Ireland, but I have um, traveled there quite a lot um, for work. And I do have Irish family and they don't seem to me uh, to be deeply religious. There isn't this strong sense of uh, Catholicism in the country anymore. No. And there's also a thing. Even if people are religious, it doesn't necessarily mean that they listen to everything the Catholic Church says, which would be the case in my family. You know, they might go to mass regularly, but they, you know, they certainly don't obey all the church's rules and so on. So it's it's a bit of a a, a contrast or an oxymoron, I suppose. Has it been difficult for yourself personally during this referendum, during the build up to it? Um, in terms of your relationship with your friends and family? Like, have there been any, for example, like when we had the Brexit votes, obviously it's a different thing, but it, it was quite dividing. And I was lucky that none of my friends, close friends actually did vote to leave. But when we found out some family friends did, it's a very, you know, obviously it's a political issue, but it becomes a personal issue as well. Have you found the same thing around this referendum? Yeah, well, to a lesser extent, because obviously I was abroad for in the months leading up to it. But um, it's it's just the way people are describing it, like my friends and stuff at work. Like you can't bring it up. It's kind of just this like taboo subject. Um, even when you're talking to your friends, you kind of bring it up like so the abortion, you know, it's kind of the referendum. Like it, you, you, you really can't predict actually what people are going to vote. Some people you think they'd definitely be yes voters and they come out like being you know, very, very against it and vice versa. You know, you might have old people who you think are definitely voting no and then they'll, you know, give you the reasons why they're voting yes. So it's it's a difficult topic. It's not really being talked about that much and you can, it's just, it's kind of a taboo subject as well. 
But from the position of a no voter, because obviously, as you said, it's legal for women to travel from Ireland to the UK to get an abortion. And that's expensive. Mm -hmm. Or other countries, the Netherlands or Europe or anywhere else as well. Right, exactly. But um, I read that it costs, uh, a round trip to do that costs approximately a thousand euros. Yeah, at least. Mm -hmm. Which is, which yeah, which is obviously quite expensive. But um, still, you're getting how many how many people per day? I actually read the statistics earlier, but I've forgotten them already. They say you see it's difficult to tell as well. It's based on this is based on estimation for the women who take abortion pills at home, because there's no figures on that because that's illegal because it's you know it's an abortion procured in Ireland and then the other figures are based on um NHS figures of women who give Irish addresses when they when they get abortions in the UK but then there are also women who travel and don't give their home address so it's difficult but they ba- it's 12 women a day that's the estimation based on those figures and based on estimations as well okay so that's that's a significant number of women that are traveling every day to get an abortion so from the perspective of the no campaign it's not like the constitution is preventing women in Ireland from accessing abortion. No, but their argument is that, like you know, there are less abortions, less fewer abortions take place because abortion is so much difficult to obtain, so much more difficult to obtain. You know, they have a figure. They have a figure. I forget what it is, but they put it on posters everywhere. You know, I don't know X Y number of lives saved by the Eighth Amendment. Wow. Yeah, it's quite an emotive campaign from the no side, isn't it? Or not, not, I think emotive is probably the wrong word. It's shock factor, isn't it? It is. And they're really, you know, some of the posters, there's one about, you know, um, if abortion up to six months bothers you, vote no. And it's a picture of a baby that's six months old. And there's these, these kind of things, posters are everywhere. Or, you know, those really typical, brutal, um, like of the, you know, fetuses and blood everywhere and this sort of thing. They put those, there was a bit of a scandal. They, they put those everywhere outside maternity hospitals and schools and stuff. Um, and then of course the, all the, all advertising on Google linked to the abortion has been banned. Facebook has also implemented controls. So, um, it's been quite controversial. Yes. Yes. I read about that. Looking at the campaigns objectively, which campaign do you think has been more effective? in its tactic it's hard to say i mean i obviously i'm very biased so um in my opinion i think the yes has done a good job in just kind of they've kind of put women's stories to the to the fore um and just kind of been very you know logical and calm about the whole thing um but that being said there was a televised debate recently where which a lot of people would have watched especially older people um the claire on the claire Byrne show and the yes side did not do well at that at all. Um, they came across very badly. So uh, it's it, in some obviously. I, obviously, I think the yes has run quite a good campaign, but there are weaknesses there as well. Mm. And I read today that uh, there's approximately seventeen to eighteen percent of the uh, electorate are undecided, according to the Irish Times. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I, I, you, you're probably right about that. I know it was like 22 recently enough, so it could still be about. Yeah, yeah. What, what would you say to someone who is undecided to persuade them to vote yes? Um, I know my mum was undecided for quite a while. She's decided to vote yes. Well, that's what she tells me anyway. <laughs> but, um, 
her main arguments, well, she had two arguments. One that it's happening anyway. So what we were talking, what we were discussing about women going to to Liverpool or um, or abroad or just um, so the, the abortions happening anyway. And the second reason is with the abortion pills, like someone is going to die on their bathroom floor from complications arising from those pills, and it's just not really. It's not sustainable, really, because, I mean, since the abortion pills, you can't really say that Ireland, you know, abortion doesn't happen in Ireland anymore. And they're very dangerous. You know, they should be taken under medical supervision in a hospital. They shouldn't be taken at home with absolutely no kind of guidance whatsoever, except like whatever, a leaflet that they get with a packet. So um, I think that those would be the two main arguments because I've seen that they worked. Well, they obviously they worked. Mm. Do you do you know that what the statistics are for women that die from complications arising from taking abortion pills? I don't I have no idea. No, I know they're supposed to be very safe, but I mean, there's been you know there's been to, it, all it takes is one case, you know. Yeah, well, exactly. Because it, and it, and it was um, the case of Savita Halapanavar, I believe. Yeah, Savita Halapanavar, yeah, who died in 2012, which really catapulted this campaign, isn't it? Yeah, well, that, as a result of Savita's death, they brought in the, I believe it's called the Protection of Life During Pregnancy Act, which allows abortions in very limited circumstances. And I think since they've brought that in, there have been 77 abortions performed, like, you know, legally in hospitals and stuff. But it only allows abortion where there's an immediate risk to the life of the mother. And then it's, you know, how do you quantify that? You know, and then obviously it's dangerous because you have to wait till the woman is almost dying before you can intervene and then it's a kind of a, such it's a really fine line to cross especially for doctors it puts them in a very difficult position it does i have to say though it really surprises me when you think about ireland you, and you visit ireland and, it, and obviously it's such a the country is booming it's known for being uh, a home for tech giants very progressive very forward thinking so an issue like this, it does amaze me that it, there's still even a question of whether or not women should have the right to choose whether or not they should proceed with a pregnancy. I don't, I don't really understand it either. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a very emotive issue here. I mean, it's an emotive issue everywhere, but there's just... I have, my French friend thinks that like socially Ireland is maybe one generation behind you know, countries like the UK and France and on this issue. There's just people haven't ever gotten used to it or it hasn't been discussed enough or I really don't know it's always been controversial have you had a had a discussion with someone who's voting no and really got to grips with why <laughs> um yeah no I have my sis I think my sister is voting no um and some other friends as well but um I mean the no but the argument always is the same you know it's a life abortion is murder that's the essence of it as, as I understand <laughs> yeah yeah and I suppose that's where it becomes very difficult because your concept of what a life is obviously can can differ wildly yeah and you can understand as well why they think like that I mean I just but I do think sometimes it's just a bit it's a very simplistic way of looking at it like not everything is black and white there are shades of grey in there as well you know, you have to weigh up the life of the the right to life of the unborn against the right to life of someone who exists already, who might have children, who might might have other children, who has might have a husband, or just. I think I don't think you can reduce it to a life versus a life, but that's my opinion. It's not. Um, it's obviously not theirs. And ultimately, what it, what I suppose it comes down to is 
the, the choice giving women a right to make that decision and I like that um, element of the yes campaign which puts an emphasis on trust women because I think that's really what it's saying isn't it yeah but I think that's I think in Ireland that's one of their least powerful arguments it, it's too extreme um, it puts off the undecided or the people who think that 12 weeks goes too far there's a big reaction against you know abortion for convenience and this phrase abortion on demand um so i think the arguments here that are the most powerful are the ones that you know it's happening anyway um you know tragic cases um i don't think i think that argument about trust women and the woman's right to choose it's too far out it goes they, it's not it's not the most powerful one that they can use i think they've realized that they've backed off away from it a bit that's very interesting so you think that it puts a it negatively emphasizes the idea that women might use abortions as a kind of uh, pseudo contraceptive <laughs> device. Yeah, scary, isn't it? When um, when you think about that, the idea that putting the uh, the right of women to choose is actually off-putting to the undecided, because you it's you think that a woman's ability to make a choice over her own body should be at the primary of the debate but I can understand why from a no it, it's too um, I don't want to say forward thinking but it's all it's too abstract it's too extreme <laughs> you know that's I don't think Ireland is quite there yet in that in terms of that thinking I mean it's the same in France you know Utah that's obviously that's your view as well so it's probably the view of quite maybe quite a few people in the UK but in France it's very much that as well you know it's like a woman has a right to choose what happens to her own body here that's almost it's too far it's too um it's too extreme it's like oh well women will be having abortions or you know and I don't know it's hard to explain but I, I think it's that's it's just definitely not an argument that I would put forward or certainly wouldn't put to the fore in this debate because especially when you're trying to appeal to that you know, roughly 20% of voters who are undecided. That's not what they want to hear. And it's not what's going to convince them either. So focus on the, the statistics. It's happening regardless. And there's, there's already lives at risk if you don't, if you don't legalize abortion. Yeah. Yeah. And also arguments like, you know, someone like someone you know or someone you love might need an abortion for health reasons or for, you know, um, if, the baby is is not going to survive outside the womb or like you know um that that those arguments are, have i think pack more of a punch than the woman's right to choose and what do you think it will be the uh the impact if the yes vote doesn't win so if, if the amendment is not repealed what's next for the yes campaign Mm, there's nothing that's well I don't know what the yes campaign I know they say they're going to keep campaigning and so on but I really think if this is defeated that's it for a generation there'll be no referendum on that for at least a decade and you know the situation will continue as it is so I think that's probably a it's, if, if you are an undecided voter that's something to think very carefully about is that if you are considering that you, you're swaying towards voting yes it is important that you do vote in this referendum because it could be the last chance yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's important to vote anyway. And they have said that there are 3.2 million registered voters, voters on the register. Um, so our population is, I think, 4.8 million at the moment. So that's quite a high percentage of people who are registered. Whether the turnout will reflect that um, is another matter. But I mean, it is given to be sunny on Friday and... <laughs> 
we know this. <laughs> you know, we, we know it's true though. It's been, you know, it's been shown statistically when the weather is good, the turnout, turnout is higher. Um, it encourages a high turnout. So we'll see. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, get out and vote. I I hope that the result is as we want. I hope there are, that there will be a yes vote on Friday and uh, we look forward to seeing it. Thank you for speaking to us, Sinead. It's been really, really interesting to hear your thoughts. You're, it's very insightful to understand kind of the, the mindsets of the yes and the no campaign. <laughs> well, the no campaign, I'm not sure I was, I can offer too much insight, but we'll see. All right. Well, good luck. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope that was as informative for you as it was for me. And if we have any listeners in Ireland or anyone who is going to Ireland to vote in the referendum this Friday, get in touch. Let us know how you are voting and why. We are available on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at This Is No Shade and our DMs are always open, so hit us up. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.